Welcome back to Urban Theology. Thanks for tuning in. This is a podcast brought to you by two millennial men who are brought together by the grace of God. And we're here to talk to you about everything from the ups, the downs, Bro, and the in-betweens of this back, life. Man. It's good to be back. How have you been? My God, man. I'm just maintaining, dog. Just yeah. taking it one day at a time, given the craziness we're seeing on the internet. You know? I know, man. Like, how do you even cope in this time? Because you just see so much trauma. You see... It's a lot on the internet right now, but before we get into today's show, like we always do at this time, let's go ahead and open it up with a prayer. All right. Heavenly Father, I thank you for bringing me and Raheem back for another episode of Urban Theology. Thank you for giving us this platform. We ask that you will come and be in our midst as we talk about the subject matter that we plan to talk about. And anybody listening to this podcast is going through anything, anybody who's confused, anybody who is turned away from you, dear God, we just want to use this platform as a way that uh, we can bring them back to you, Lord. So I just pray for everybody listening. I pray for us, and I thank you for this guest that we're going to announce in this episode. In my name is Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right, bro, let me put my beanie back on. So <laughs> since you already outed me, you know, because we, we're going to introduce a guest in a little bit, but he basically told the guest that I don't know how to fold my beanie. He taught me, you know, so... I want to go ahead and put my beanie back on because I look real cool with it, you know? All right. This guy. Let's go. Yeah, man. So, look, Urban Theology, season two, episode four, you know? And we had a schedule. We had a schedule of what we are going to talk about, bro. But sometimes you got to deviate from that schedule. And we want to deviate from that schedule because we had, we were viewing something that was so horrific, you know, things that, were close to us because me and you are both from Nigeria. And if you haven't been paying attention to the news, and I, quite frankly, I don't even know if the news is giving as much coverage as it needs to get, but you've been seeing hashtags and SARS and SARS and SWAT, you know, so we're going to dedicate this episode to bringing people up to speed on what's going on. I'm educating ourselves because we actually do have a guest, which I'll bring on in a, a, a little bit. But before we get to that, like I said, how's your personal, how's your mentals, what's going on, bro? I mean, mentally, like I was saying earlier on, dog, just been trying to take it one day at a time, man. Um, therapy on Thursday, just had an event session with my therapist just saying like, yeah, country I come from is kind of going through it. And, and I'm struggling just trying to figure out what can wait, I do. Wait, which country? Because America's going through it too. I'm, well, the, the one my parents came from. Right, you know right, what I'm right, saying? right. So just didn't talk talking about that like you said it's just been a lot seeing things on twitter and instagram people getting killed and just it's a lot you know what i'm saying for for your mental yeah. so just been trying to manage you know with all of that what about you bro i listened back to our last episode and one thing i will say i gotta get it together man i was listening back to the last episode on music if you haven't listened to the last episode shame on you <laughs> no i'm just joking but make sure you go back take a listen but i, I was listening to myself and i was basically making some excuses, you know, because I was thinking about it from the standpoint of what if I knew that tomorrow I was going to, you know, have to face God? What if I knew that? You know, we always say life is so short. We're in the middle of a pandemic. So for me, I was listening back and I'm like, I can't give up Benny the Butcher because I just like the way the beat sounds. Like, I have to be honest with myself. I have to get out of this victim mentality and saying, well, you know, the only reason why I do it is because, you know, he says some cool stuff here. I like Hit Boy and he does the beats. So 
I put it upon myself to you know, clean up some of my music, you know? So I started working out, bro. I was working out to gospel music. Hey, I didn't think I could go this hard to gospel music, but I was going hard, bro. Gotcha. So, you know, day by day, step by step. Um, what else? What else? I've been going through a little hard time personally, but I'm not going to get into all that because that's kind of, it, it involves another party and I might get in trouble. <laughs> so, you know, I'm smarter than that, you know, even though I might get in trouble for this. But I think we can go ahead and just talk about what we came here to talk about, which is Nigeria and the NSARS movement, what it is. So before we do that, I want to go ahead and, well, I want you to go ahead and introduce our guest. We brought cool, cool, cool. So, so she's probably not going to like the way I introduce her. So I'm just going to size her, get out the way real quick. Um, this is my, my, my little sister, not so much little sister. She's a, she's a big girl, if you don't know. She's an Esquire. <laughs> Um, by trade, uh, she's a, she's a lawyer. Esquire. Yes. Ooh, okay. Yes. Um, a woman of God, um, and overall just a really really uh, dope dope friend. And she was actually perfect. Um, she was the first person that came to mind when I thought of this episode because she's going to be able to speak to it from, um, you know, gospel and biblical side as well as the legal, you know, the legal and humanitarian side as well. So without uh, further ado, welcome um, Nicole to the podcast. Hey everybody! Yeah, Raheem did do a lot. I was even like, "Who's he? Is he? Is he still talking about me?" <laughs> but um, yeah. Hey everybody! My name is Nicole. I am so happy to be on this podcast. I'm very excited about this episode. I know that we will be sharing a lot of things, like from personal experience. Shoot, Raheem might feel like he's back in his therapy session. Who knows? But yeah, I'm definitely ready to share what's been on my heart concerning um what's going on in Nigeria. Nice. So before we start, I I saw something on Twitter and I thought it was really cool. And I I think it's appropriate for this episode. Somebody had wrote, if God hears when his people cry out to him, why do we tell people not to cry? Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Shout out to Rebecca. Shout out to Rebecca. You know, I saw that. I followed Rebecca on Twitter and I thought that was super cool. And his people are definitely crying. We're seeing his people crying, you know, and we're talking about Nigeria. So before we dive deep, into this matter what's your personal connection to Nigeria oh well mm -hmm. yeah so I'm Nigerian American my family obviously is from Nigeria I was born in America however in 2001 my parents felt like they wanted me to get more of like the Nigerian culture so I went over there for school huh they shipped you back yeah, they shipped us back, but it wasn't because we, we were bad children. We're still oh, okay. good children. <laughs> we're good children, but um, yeah, so they, they sent us back to Nigeria for school to get, um, I guess, a deal of the culture and stuff of that nature. So we stayed there for about six years, and then I came back as an FOB with the accent. I was yeah. so bush. <laughs> I was so bush, but yeah, I'm Nigerian-American. Wow. So so when did you come back? What year? Um, I, I came back in 2007. Oh, wow. So it, I was in the 10th grade. <laughs> Interesting. Now, do you have any memories of Nigerian police? Have you had any encounters? Mm -hmm. So for the most part, I feel like when I was back in Nigeria growing up there, I was kind of too young to really grasp what I was seeing. But I did see the bribery and I did see the corruption. Like I know that there were times where my uncle, he would, he would give us a ride to um, school and the car that we had back then, the windows were tinted. 
So the police would stop us because they saw that the windows were tinted. And instead of them to stop us and say, oh, okay, this is not legal. Um, you get a ticket for this. They would stop us and say, oh yeah, give me money so I can, so you can go. So it's like bribery. And that's the most that I saw. But I know like people have different experiences that led to um, harassment, just like what my uncle experiences and um, what my uncle experienced. And um, some people, their lives ended up in death. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would say Nigerian people or just African people in general, they they love to enjoy themselves. You know, and this issue of police brutality has been going on for so many years. We've even made parodies of it. We It's in our movies. You know, you'll see yeah. in the movie, hey, stop, stop, stop. Why are you going? Oh, where are your particulars? You know, you'll mm-hmm. see that in the movies. And it's always just something that we see and we laugh at it. But now what's going on for anybody who's listening, who doesn't understand, okay, what, what angle are they going, are they coming from? What's going on now is people are getting killed and we all have camera phones. You know, we all have internet. We're basically, we're seeing these things go on the same way we saw some things go on in America and there was an outrage, but we're seeing things go on over there and it should not be normal. You know, and you're having an uprising. So that's where the NSARS movement really kind of stems from. And for those who don't know what SARS means, you know what SARS means? It's a, a special anti-robbery squad, I believe. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I want to turn it back to Nicole. Um, can you kind of get us up to date? Because we know, okay, now, okay, people have been dying, okay? The police, police are shooting people. Like, why is there so much unrest? Why isn't there, you know, some type of by government stepping in and saying, hey, you know, stop this, or we're going to hold these people accountable. What's going on? I think to answer the end of that question, I think it starts from the nature of the government in Nigeria. They lack accountability. Literally, I feel like the people who are in power, they sit in power, they consume the power, they abuse the power, and then they they allow their families to benefit from it and they refuse to leave. <laughs> they refuse to leave. But um, just to start off with what SARS is, like Rahim was saying, it stands for the Special Anti-Robbery Squad. And it was formed in 1992 with the intent to decrease crimes like robbery, decrease crimes like auto theft, decrease crimes like kidnapping, rape and stuff of that nature. But like with everything, I think it's cause we live in a fallen world. Like. We could all plan for something, but just because we plan for it to look a specific way, it doesn't mean that it's gonna look that way. So I think that's what happened in Nigeria. Like, okay, the government, they have this this plan. They see that, oh, the crimes like robbery, they're increasing, yahoo, yahoo boys, they're, they're going crazy. So they try and form this unit to stop them. However, that unit got corrupted because they were it was being filled with officers who are no longer, who are corrupt. They, they, they were corrupt and underpaid. So they started to extort the people that they stopped because they were not receiving money. They started to extort the Nigerian citizens that looked like they had money. So instead of them to stop people who, okay, in America, when, when a police is stopping someone in a perfect world, in the perfect America, when a police is stopping someone, they're supposed to have like reasonable suspicion that what that person did, okay, they did something that kind of looked like, okay, maybe, they're actually committing a crime but in Nigeria it's like they don't stop someone because they have reasonable suspicion to stop them 
They stop them because they, they see them with dreadlocks. Mm -hmm. They stop them because they see them wearing flashy clothes. They stop them because they see them with an iPhone. And when they stop them, they ask them to open up their iPhone without a warrant. They're like, okay, give me your phone. Why do you have this iPhone? Give me your phone. They take their, <laughs> I've heard a story of a guy who get, it was, it was at the protest that I went to. The police stopped him. They saw that he had an iPhone and they also saw that, that he had money on him. So what they did was they asked him a couple of questions. They took his iPhone, they took his money. They did it in a way where it was like, okay, let us go and investigate this and we'll give it back to you. The man literally was at his car and he saw them walk away with his iPhone and his money. They entered their car and they drove away with it. Yeah, wow. And you Can know you imagine? No. No, that, that sounds crazy, but he's actually fortunate. Hmm. You know, yeah. they, 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 they drove away. You know, I've, I've heard stories where they will take all your stuff and then they take you to the station, but they don't take you to the station, they take you behind the station. You know, because all of this stuff is illegal. And one thing you mentioned was, these are people that are underpaid, you know? And it, it's hard to watch all your mates and all your peers have fun and you're not having fun. So when you have yeah. a system that doesn't value police officers, but then you have to see your mid small children driving a big car, you know, mm -hmm. that and you shouldn't be like this, truthfully. Mm -hmm. But for these officers, they feel like I deserve that, you know, mm -hmm. why, why is this person enjoying? So little by little, they started to find ways to corrupt themselves. Yeah. And over time, it became a thing where it's like, you know, when you have a kid who's never been reprimanded, you got a kid that's never been put in timeout. Oh yeah, hmm. it feels like he can do whatever invincible. he wants. So yeah, and the police were just the police back there. Just like if you don't do what I want want you to do, I can kill you, you know. And it started to happen. And I think the worst part is too, because like I heard a lot of stories. Like immediately, like when they're pulling people up, they just like threatening them off bucks. Like there's no, yeah. like there's no like de-escalation. It's just like, oh, give me your phone. They start like abusing it people and like and they're saying like young people are being disrespectful but it's just like nah bro you pull up on somebody with no cause rhyme or reason and you're saying like oh give me your phone let me look in your phone and you're not even saying like what you pulled them you know what i'm saying what you mm -hmm. pulled them for of course the person is going to be exactly uh, you know what i'm saying but also on the flip side that doesn't give you a right because bro you already have the ak like mm -hmm. why are you like um, yeah. extorting your power um over them and i think like a big thing too is now like I think up to this point, everyone has been okay managing because like you said, bribery is in the DNA of bribery and corruption. Everyone's been okay managing, right? But up until this point, people are just over it. Like they're fed yeah. up. Like how many more people have to die, you know? Yeah, and when's the last time you went back to Nigeria? Um, it was in 2012. Okay, wow, so it's yeah. been quite some time. You know yeah, what? I need to go back. If you go back now, those braids look mad fresh. <laughs> no, I, it sounds funny, but they will stop you. They will stop yeah, you. I, you look I agree. Right now. Your teeth are too. I agree. You know, I, it sounds. No, I totally agree. Bro, you just got an iPhone 12. Oh, they are ransacking through uh, this stuff. I'm not fading it, bro. I can't fade. Yeah. And, and the reason why we want to have this podcast is because when you hear stuff like this, it almost sounds like impossible. It, it is funny. It's like, no, they're not good. That's what's going on. You know, the youth back there, if you can even make a living for yourself, you're putting a target on your back. Yes. You know, so 
I, I, I want to then shed light on something that was all over social media, the Lecky Tollgate incident that happened on the 20th. You know, did you, did you see some of that? Yeah, I definitely did. So what did you see? Basically, um, so one of my friends, he lives in Nigeria and he was one of like the, the main people that was helping out with like protesting and stuff. So he was actually on IG Live recording the massacre. And I was wondering like, why is he on live? I never, I didn't press it. Cause I was like, why, why is this boy on live? Not knowing that he was actually at the protest recording the massacre. And it wasn't until like an hour later, that's when I realized like, dang, this guy was actually there recording it. So I was at work and I was just flipping through, I think I was flipping through Twitter and I was seeing what was happening. Like they were killing peaceful protesters. And that's when my friend sent me an IG live of DJ Switch when she was recording, rec she was recording um, um, some of the protesters removing a bullet from um, from one of the victims at the SARS office that the army shot. So I was watching it. And I was honestly very confused, like what is going on. And it wasn't until later that's when I realized what really happened that night. And I don't know if you want me to explain or if you want to explain that. No, no, and you know, I, I, the same way you found out. I, I kind of sort of found out like that, you know? So I knew there was unrest, but I didn't think, okay, Nigerian military would actually start shooting at yeah. their own people, you know? And I know for me, I don't know if anybody else saw, but there's this guy named OK. Yeah. He had tweeted something like, oh, this government will not kill me or Nigeria will not kill me or something like that. And then I saw his girlfriend now say that he just got killed. And that's when I was like, wait, what? Like, no, this, this, this has got to be some prank. You know, people are going overboard with these pranks nowadays. So I'm like, mm -hmm. this has got to be some prank. How, like, who's this person? And I went through it and my heart broke. My heart broke. Mm -hmm. I started looking through so many different stories. And I'm saying to myself, this is real life. And the same way you have a friend. I know we all have family back there. And mm -hmm. I talked to my uncle and my uncle was basically like, yeah, Lagos is wild right now. You know, they have so many people just ransacking different places. Mm -hmm. Headlines, the facts. Yeah, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, okay, uncle, how are your children? How's your wife? And he's like, well, I'm managing. And I'm like, I, I usually, you know, when I'm talking to my friends, I'm like, yeah, I'm just managing, bro. That means, oh, I'm watching Netflix. I'm just chilling. I'm thinking like, you're really managing, like you're trying to protect them and keep them out of harm's way. And I'm like, he's also a well-off person. You know, he's not somebody mm -hmm. that, you know, doesn't work. He's a well-off person. I'm just thinking like, man, my heart just went out. Like this is for real. Like people are dying in these streets. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that, that event is, that date is going to be marked in history for mm -hmm. ever, honestly. So many lives were lost. And mm -hmm. what we then found out was that, well, we had the president, President Buhari. You know, President Buhari, he had a, did you see his interview? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, yeah. He, he was gaslighting the whole interview. Bruh, that's literally what I said after I watched it. And you just ask yourself, how, didn't this guy get reelected? How did he get reelected? How? How? And I heard he got reelected last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, this is the problem with Nigeria. There's so much corruption. 
You know, there's so much corruption. And you know what's funny? There are a lot of similarities between Nigeria and the United States. Mm. A lot, you know, and I'm looking at things that's going on with voting. I'm looking at things that's going on with police brutality. And it's sad, but it's almost like you have to expect these things. When you have this system that is continually just oppressing the oppressed, you know, it's like the people that have a foot on their necks, like just as black people in America, we already have this wealth gap that we're trying to, you know, slim down. And then it's like, okay, no, we're gonna oppress you some more. There's gonna be more issues that are going to affect you. And in Nigeria, the people who are dying, these are people who they're struggling to, you know, like light is not a fixed thing for them. You know, it comes and it goes, you know, mm -hmm. when it comes to, okay, what am I going to, like, I wanna make sure I have a stable income. That's not, you know, a given for them. These are people who, some people go to the market every day to make a living for their families. And now when you have the government allowing the military to shoot its people, it's like, okay, well, business can't go on. So after that goes on, the next day is like, okay, how am I going to eat? Yeah. And I don't know if you saw the, there was something on social media where people were finding these barns. A lot of, yeah, the, yeah. the COVID-19 yeah. relief food that they were hiding yeah. in their houses. You know, they were yeah. finding them all over Nigeria, right? It wasn't just wow. like, 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 yeah, different different parts of Nigeria, they were finding like the warehouses. It was crazy, man. Like yeah. I saw one, um, I think it was one of the governors said that he was gonna distribute it on his birthday or something <laughs> while like that. On his birthday, yeah, because why? <laughs> to do like, it as a gift. Yeah, like it was like people. his birthday. Yeah, of course. People are so corrupt. Liar. He's a liar. And you know, there are people who are listening to this, and they're probably saying, "Well, okay, that's miles away. Why are we even talking about this?" The problem with Nigeria is that it seems like nobody really cares. If yeah. everybody cared, oh, we can get something done. We can get something done. So as we're talking about this, there's somebody who's listening to this podcast who maybe they like the way that me and Raheem talked about other subjects and they weren't expecting this. And quite frankly, this wasn't on their radar. But now that they're hearing this, maybe, maybe they spread the word to somebody else. They say, hey, did you hear about this thing in Nigeria, blah, 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 blah. And maybe that person spreads the word and who knows? Yeah. Maybe this can continue to spread and all the awareness, all the news stations and people in power can start to see this and we get people to speak out about this injustice. Because one thing that, yeah. you know, me and my friend Raheem, we're just talking about how God hates injustice. You know, yeah. and he hates when his people are being treated badly. You know, so that's why we're here today. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned you had gone to a protest. Do you know, like, how else can people help? Because some people don't like the passive route. They say, hey, I want to make sure if I can put dollars on it, if I can go out and jump shot, whatever. Do you know any resources for people who are like, hey, I'm tired mm -hmm. of sitting here? So there was an, there is an organization called the Feminist Coalition. They're one of like the main organizations, not necessarily leading it because the movement, obviously it doesn't have any leader, but they're one of the people who's been supporting it. Um, and they, they, before Blari's speech, they did have a link where people could, could donate to the NSARS protest. 
However, after because through Buhari's speech, he kind of threatened people. Like, if you dare to protest again, you're going to get killed. So I think in an effort to not allow, literally. I just want to make sure people understand that's not like, yeah. he did that. Yeah, he's a dictator. Buhari's a dictator. But aside from that, um, so in an effort to not put people in harm's way, they kind of closed out the link to NSAR's protest. And I feel like a lot of organizations have closed off any donation links to protesting in Nigeria. So um, the Feminist Coalition, however, they do have a donation link to like help out with people who are in the hospital who are harmed because of um, the Lekki massacre, um, helping people out with food and stuff of that nature. So the link is in my bio to that. So if you guys do want to, if you're listening, and if you do want to donate to um, that movement in Nigeria, then please feel free to donate. And I know um, Toby was talking about OK's family, the guy that was killed, because I don't know if it was the police or if it was thugs that killed him. There's so much like talk around that. But his um, girlfriend's sister has a GoFundMe link, and I will put that in my bio. So if you guys want to donate to that family, um, to help them bury their son, then I will definitely put that in my bio so you guys can help out. Now we appreciate that, man. We really do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> is there any way to interpret what's going on in Nigeria in like in, in a legal sense? Because I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, well, the government's been corrupt for so long. Is it like, can we impeach Buhari? Like, what? <laughs> and I have another question for That's you. That's a good question. So, like, they say Nigeria is a democracy, and I'm using air quotes on that, right? Yeah, democracy. So, and kind of to follow up on what he said, like, what rights do the people have to voice mm -hmm. their complaints against the government? Like, mm -hmm. what, can they, what can they do? So, for the most part, I don't know, like, the specific law in Nigeria, but I'm hoping that the same law, like, the right to a peaceful protest, it's similar in Nigeria. Nigeria should have that version of it. Because I don't know if you guys know Fowl's the bad guy. Yeah. He's a lawyer too. And he advocates for peaceful protesting. So there must be something in their constitution that advocates for a peaceful protest. So the fact that Nigeria is violating that, they're, they're literally violating human rights. The fact that you cannot peacefully protest in Nigeria without being killed is a violation of their human rights. And it's like, someone was mentioning this before, like, okay, even if you don't want these people to peacefully protest, why can't you just put tear gas in the air? Why can't you just hose them down with water? Why are you going straight for a gun to kill? It doesn't make sense. So honestly, everything that Nigeria has done in response to people peacefully protesting is a violation of their human rights because everyone has the right to peacefully protest. And the more we spread that, like, hey, this is a violation of human rights, okay? It's not just, oh, it's just something. No, it's a violation of their human rights. Yeah. I think, correct, I don't know if I'm even right or if I'm wrong, but isn't the United Nations a body that can step in when you have human rights involved? United Nations is useless. Don't bring <laughs> yeah. They're useless. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, honestly, I, I was at first like you would think, okay, yeah, the United Nations and all these other Western bodies should get involved in what's going on in Nigeria. But if you think about it, every time a Western country got involved in an African country, it didn't produce good results. 
Yeah. So I wouldn't, I honestly don't think United, if even if United Nations wanted to get involved, they need to listen rather than try and lead it. They need to listen to the people who are already on ground. So organizations like the Feminist Coalition, they need to listen to the plan that they already have and help provide resources to that. Yeah, wow. So we are going to get your contact information or your bio so people can yeah. find those links at the end of this. But we always, since you're part of the show now, you know, mm -hmm. thank you for being the first guest of season two. Okay. Um, we, we, always, we always share some scriptures and um, we know you have some scriptures that you wanted to share with us. And yeah. So yeah, go ahead and do that. Okay, let me read it um, verbatim before I start paraphrasing. <laughs> Um, okay, so the first one is Romans 12, verse 19, and it says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And the reason why I love the scripture um, in reference to SARS is because, like, sometimes I feel like we kind of look at, I mean, I personally, I always have to ask God for extra faith when it comes to praying for a whole country. Because it's like, dang, bro, God, you're about to listen to just my voice, <laughs> just me, for this whole wicked country. Like, I, I, I literally have to ask God for more faith when it comes to praying for a whole country. So, like, when I was, when I was literally crying over Nigeria, I really just felt like God, He is present. He is present, and He is not a liar. And if God says that vengeance is His vengeance is his god knows how to take vengeance like you know how people used to say only god can judge me and then in response to that people are like please you do not want god to judge you because if god judged you he will judge you yeah. like it's better that we humans be judging because when god actually judges you it would be but um yeah. i truly believe that vengeance is god and god he he is seeing what is happening in nigeria every blood that was spilt God sees it, every, every family that cried because an army officer killed their child, God sees it. So I really believe that vengeance is God's. And um, the other scripture that I like is Jeremiah 22, verse three, where it says, thus says the Lord, do justice and righteousness and deliver from the hand of the oppressor, him who has been robbed and do no wrong or violence to the resident alien, the fatherless, the widow, nor shed innocent blood in this place. And that is exactly what Nigeria is doing. They're doing everything God is saying, do not. And I love this verse because it shows how God actually he's interested in justice. And I feel like a lot of times we Christians, we kind of try and pacify what God cares about and what he doesn't care about. We kind of say, oh yeah, I, God's, his mercy is definitely there. His grace is definitely there, but God still cares about justice. God still cares about things being right. God still knows the difference, the difference between right and wrong. So I love how this verse highlights that there is such thing as an oppressor. And honestly, I made a vow to myself, I will never stand on the side of the person that is oppressing. I will never stand on the side of the oppressor. Like every time an issue rises up, I have to ask myself, am I going to stand with the person that is oppressing or am I going to stand with the oppressed? So in this situation in Nigeria, there's an oppressor and that is the government. And I choose to stand with those who are being oppressed. And um, I also love how it talks about, do not shed innocent blood. Mm -hmm. The people that they have murdered in Nigeria, they did no wrong. It was a peaceful protest at the Lekki massacre. 
literally they were waving their Nigerian flag as a sign of peace, as a sign of I'm not fighting. No one who, who came brought any gun, no one brought a knife. And even if someone brought a knife, it was because the government paid them to be there to bring that knife. Yes. Yeah. So um, I just love how this verse talks about do not shed innocent, do not, do not shed innocent blood. And I believe that the people who have died at the hands of SARS officers, they were innocent. And I just, I just love how it highlights what God's heart really is. So um, if you're listening and if you have a family member who's been a victim to SARS, who's been harassed by SARS, who, who has died due to SARS, I want you to know that God sees what's going on. I feel like for the longest time, I don't know if you guys know, notice like how a lot of Nigerian millennials, how they relate to God. Some of them really don't even care that much about religion. Some of, some of them do not care about God. Like I even remember when I was at the protest and when someone someone said God or something, someone said, don't, don't talk about him here. Like they literally <laughs> didn't want to hear about God at that protest. Yeah. So, and I, I feel like that's because Nigeria, they've kind of used God to pacify the wrong. Like instead of them to say, oh, let's actually work. They kind of just said, let's pray it off. But God said faith without works is dead. I feel like God wants us to partner our faith with our works. So um, yeah, the reason why I'm saying that is because I feel like a lot of Nigerians, they kind of see God as, oh, this this person who um, we've ran to and we haven't done anything. That's why Nigeria's like this, oh, these corrupt pastors, blah, blah, blah. But nah, I think it's time for us to change that narrative. Like God, he's present with what's going on. God cares. And I believe that God is going to move. He's already moving. And it also takes us doing things too, so. Oh, thank you. And, you know, I'm not going after that. I'm not. My, my little comment. <laughs> I can go. Hey, you, you got this, bro. That's all good. I, I can go. I have two. That's I, funny. I have, um, like, Nicole, I have two scriptures um, for today. So the first one is going to be on Proverbs um, 21, 15. And it says, when justice is done, it is a joy to the righteous, but terror to the evildoers. Right? So ultimately, man, just to keep it a buck with y'all, um, when things are going to be made right, those that are evil and in power, um, they're going to be in terror because they, they know that yeah. they're coming, right? And even, so you know, as the Bible also talks about, you reap what you sow. Like, yeah. you know, they've reaped evil in other people's lives, murder and all of these things. Like, they're going to reap what they sow. I mean, I pray for God's mercy, right? But if they, yeah. don't, if they don't do right, you know what I'm saying? Like, God's going to take care of them. And I don't wish anything bad on anyone, but, you know, that's just... That's biblical justice, right? That's how yeah. God plays, right? That's just how he is. You know, mm -hmm. my second um, scripture is going to come from Isaiah 61, verse 8. And it mm -hmm. says, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate mm -hmm. robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. So I, mm -hmm. one thing I really, really love about scripture is the, just the promises and also just how God is always telling the truth. Um, what we see from that is, as we said earlier, God hates injustice right and yes. it's it clearly says that he loves justice right as well as he also hates robbery and wrong two things that nigeria has done right they've wronged their people they've robbed them of their human decency they've robbed them of money they've robbed them of life they've robbed them of possession and it says that god in his due time will re he'll repay them he's going to give yeah. people back what they lost right so we so yeah. we have encouragement and i don't know about you guys but i personally feel like there's a revival that is mm. what happened in Nigeria. Like this is just, Amen. Amen. It's just like the tip of it, right? So I believe that the spiritual mm. part is going to lead to a yeah. lot of change, right? It's going to spirit yeah. 
a lot of the things that are happening. Because what we see is we just see the physical, right? We don't realize mm-hmm. that um, that we're wrestling against things that we can't see, right? And those things mm-hmm. are manifesting in the physical. So mm-hmm. I think if we just keep mind, if we just keep mindful of that, and we just you know keep them lifted as well as like you said, do the work that's required. So faith and work, mm-hmm. and see, you know, great things happen. Amen. Yeah. So, you weren't supposed to kill it like that. You were supposed to bring it down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, bro. Sorry, yeah. sorry. <laughs> But, you know, my verse comes from Exodus. I've been reading a lot of Exodus lately. Hmm. Exodus chapter 22, verse 21 and 22. Matter of fact, hmm. 21 through 24. So I'm reading from New King James Version. And it goes... You shall neither mistreat a stranger nor oppress him. For you are strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If you afflict them in any way and they cried so and they cry at all to me, I will surely hear their cry. My wrath will become hot, and I will kill you with the sword. Your wives shall be widows and your children fatherless. The reason why I wanted to bring this scripture up is because sometimes we have a tendency of just looking the other way you know Mm -hmm. whether we are from Nigeria or not from Nigeria there's a large role that we play in the demise of Nigeria like me and Raheem Mm -hmm. were talking about how colonialism has left Nigeria in this state and Mm -hmm. now it's just oh yeah they're just killing each other no there's a there are deeper issues here Mm -hmm. there were things that uh that, that that made a way for all this corruption to come in. We were yeah. taught some of these ways to deal with our people. Yeah. You know, so just in terms of like, okay, well, thinking of our neighbors, thinking of uh, people who live in foreign lands, yeah, we don't mistreat those people. According to God, yeah. God doesn't want us to mistreat those people. And if we do mistreat these people, God would deal with us heavy handedly. You know, just yeah. like I said, we don't want to see God's judgment, okay? While hmm. we correct each other, hey, feel good about that. Yeah. But, you know, this is not something that God is not seeing and his people are crying out and God is seeing hmm. this. And I know yeah. that God is going to give his people justice. One way or the yes. other, he's going to give his yes. people justice. So yes. that's, that, that's, that's my verse. Exodus 22, mm-hmm. verse 21 through 24. Dog, I appreciate the exposition. You broke that down perfectly, man. Yeah, that was good. That was I, I had to come with it, man. I was sitting here sweating because y'all. Was- <laughs> <laughs> this man came at it like Tony Evans, man. Tony, Tony <laughs> Evans style, man. <laughs> no, thank you so much, Nicole, for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Shout to you online. Um. Okay, so my Instagram is by Nicole J. That's B Y N I C O L E J. And then my Twitter is underscore underscore Nicole J. And then I do have a YouTube channel that I need to hop on, hop right back on because I've been, um, yeah. So anyways, <laughs> my YouTube channel name is Nicole J. So um, yeah, that's where you can find me. So if I follow you on Instagram, you're going to follow me back? Of course. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I just like to get that on film. You know? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, this is episode four, Urban Theology. Thank you guys for tuning in. We just wanted to shed light on what's going on in Nigeria. And we also want to shed light on what's going on in other parts of Africa. Because I know our yeah. brothers in Cameroon, Zimbabwe, uh, Zimbabwe Congo. Congo, man, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Liberia, like, you know, Mama Africa, Africa is, is going through it. So, you know, it's not just 
Nigeria, just Africa as, as, as a whole. So with us and your prayers, man, just keep Africa pleasing your prayers. Like, cause you know, I believe God is gonna, is gonna change Africa. And I, and I, and I saw this quote that said, when Nigeria is okay, the rest of Africa is never going to be the same. So just think about that. Wow. No, that is something to think about. Yeah. yeah. So where can the people find us on Instagram? Well, look, I'm going to tell them where they can find me. First of all, you find me on Instagram at long live T-O-B-E, long live T-O-B-E. You can also find me on Twitter, same tag. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at urban theology underscore. Do not forget the underscore because I don't forgot it a few times and it <laughs> takes you somewhere else. It's not us. That's not us. <laughs> Where can people find you? And you can find me on both Instagram and Twitter at rice underscore and underscore stew. That's your boy Raheem. And yeah, that's where you can find me. Yeah. Well, hey, it's, it's been a pleasure uh, talking to you guys. Uh, please keep Africa in your prayers and we just pray that you have a blessed week. Yeah. Shalom. Peace. Bye, bye, y'all. Peace.